Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. And I'm sorry I'm not in my usual, you know, upbeat self after the tragic news that we've gotten over the weekend. And goddamn, I don't think I've ever cried as much as I did ever since I found out about Chadwick Boseman. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, if 2020 could not have been worse like if if there was no way for it to sink this low and to take someone near and dear to our hearts someone that inspire us and someone that is not only a great actor but a great human being and great at what he does god damn it's like 2020 struck again like this by far the worst fucking year ever and uh, you know, I, I gave my time and I had to reprocess everything over the weekend. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, all right, let me regroup. Let me think about what I want to say. Let me think about exactly what I'm going to say. And I figured, you know what? There should be no organized structure. There really isn't because it's it's it doesn't feel right to have an organized structure. So that's what this podcast is going to be about. The second half will be directly talking about him you know, what he means to me, what he means to so many people. And the first review is going to be about New Mutants. That's right. Me and a friend of mine, we saw the film. And uh, boy, do I have a lot to say about that. It's a spoiled free review, considering that a lot of people are not going to watch it or at least won't watch it yet. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens, where it's going to go. But nevertheless, I'm going to try my best to be you know, civil, if that's, <laughs> if if I even want to call it that, uh, that moment. I'm going to do my best to not be overly as emotional when we get to the Black Panther talk, and uh, the Black Panther, the Chadwick Boseman talk, and um, we'll, we'll, I, we'll see what happens, you know, and I can't make any promises. I do apologize if I've seemed very stumbly or if I'm trying to get myself together, but it's a very emotional time, and I feel like I owe myself to at least talk about this as genuinely as humanly possible. So, with that being said, let's get right down to it, shall we? This episode of the podcast, we give a shout-out to, not only I said this in the YouTube video, we give a shout-out to, you know, the family, the friends, and anyone that has been affected by Chadwick Boseman himself, his friends, his family, you know, the, the cancer patients that he would go to. I want to give a shout-out to each and every single one of you. You know, I've never met the guy personally, but I've seen his work. I've seen his, uh, a couple of his movies, not all of them, but a couple, and I'm definitely going to see more of them. This is a shout out to every one of you. Uh, my sincerest condolences to you guys. Like, seriously, you know, I, I know I'm probably one of the less one percenters that may not have known him very well and may not be a part of his family, but I like to think of myself as you know, someone that 
looked up to what he stood for and, and, and the example and the legacy that he left behind. So I know that this is harder on you so much more than it's harder on me or anybody else. If you're listening to this, which I'm sure you, it's most likely you're not. But if you are listening to this, once again, my condolences to you. And also, I want to give a second shout out to another person that recently died. Again, 2020 is just taking so much from us. It's it's insane. It really is. But again, I want to take this opportunity to give a second shout out to someone that in a way is near and dear to everybody in terms of, you know, their childhood, in terms of, you know, being a part of the uh the the X-Men family. This one goes to the shout out Norm Spencer. Apparently, he played the voice of Cyclops in X-Men the Animated Series, and he died as well. And I'm like, God damn, man. And I know there's going to be a lot of people that's not going to care about this, but again, considering that I'm in the voiceover or I'm trying to break into the voiceover industry, it's hard, especially with a lot of people that have been affected by this and, you know, have their childhood shaped by the shows that we watched since we were kids. It, it was an outlet. It was a, you know, it was it was a form of release for us, especially to, to children that just want to see cartoons and was inspired by what they saw. And in a way, it grew, it made people grow up in terms of being great artists or great animators or great, you know, uh, drawings and paintings and, you know, actors and everything else. It's hard, man. It really is. So... Shout out to him, Nor Spencer, rest in eternal power. Condolences to uh, to his family, his friends, and you know everyone that he's been that he affected. It, it these are tough times, and you know I I know we're gonna do our superhero quote of I was gonna do a supervillain quote, but I'm like fuck this man, it's got to be a superhero quote. It, you know I, I there's gonna be multiple things that I'm gonna say in reference to him, so. You know, he Chadwick Boseman. Chad, I'm sorry, Chadwick Boseman once said, "For all of us to be united, for us to be as one." And I feel like we need that now more than ever. But you know, I rambled on long enough in the intro, so let's go into our, you know, <laughs> transition. Let's do a quick New Mutants spoil-free review, and that starts right in a bit. So, it's really hard for me, personally, to try to even describe what it was that I felt after the movie came to an end. When me and my friend saw this film, and I thought to myself, okay, two and a half years, been postponed four times, even though the last one was covid it was something that we needed to accept. And I thought to myself, okay, this is something that's going to be new, something different, something that we haven't seen in a long time. A comic book horror film. Now, to many people, like to many others, that's like, well, we've never really got that. Mm, yes, we have. You cannot disc uh, discredit Blade or Blade 2. 
I don't really count Blade 3 because Blade 3 fucking sucked. But, you know, in my opinion, Blade 1 and 2, and I'm sure there were other movies before then, although I can't really remember, that it really set off the pioneer of comic book movies as a whole. And it was really the first horror comic book movie. But the difference between that and this is the fact that Blade was more horror action. While this movie was supposed to be horror suspense. Before I continue anything else, let me give you the synopsis of this movie. And as I said, spoiled free, so you don't have to worry about spoilers. If you haven't seen the film and you have no intention of getting spoiled or anything like so don't worry about it. Got a facility. Five people, five kids, are trapped in this facility. And from the trailers, you saw dark demonic shit is basically going on. And that's really all I can say without spoiling too much. Now, here's the thing about this movie. As I said, we were waiting a long time because we were foaming at the mouth to see something like this. Something that an X-Men movie where it would go far and beyond our expectations. Like it would dip into the toe of what it means for a comic book movie to actually cross-side with a horror you know, project like this. The problem is, it never really fully committed in terms of one or the other. It didn't feel like a comic book movie until literally the third act of the film towards the ending, and it didn't feel like a horror movie because it didn't really have the horror elements in the movie. And no, I'm not talking about jump scares. No, I'm not talking about, you know, loud noises. No, none of that. When you have a horror film... And something that it's supposed to make you scared. Something that's supposed to make your hairs stand at the back of your neck. The elements are the the elements. The elements are supposed to be there, in the fact that it's supposed to make your your girlfriend or your wife, you know, use if you're a guy, it's supposed to make your significant other, you know, hide herself into your shoulders, you know, because they don't want to be scared too much or. Or, 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 or in this case, you have to cover your ears, not your eyes, in order for you to not be scared. And this movie did not do any of that. And, you know, I, I could beat around the bush on this all day long, but the fact was, the for the first half of this movie, it's fucking boring. It really was. You got a main character that is asking herself... Why is she there? Why can she not escape? And eventually you, you know, you see her, you see this character, you know, connect with everybody else. But the, but the problem was you don't really care about everybody else with the exception of Aya Stark. And yes, I'm going to call her Aya Stark slash Wolfsbane in this movie. By the way, isn't it very interesting that Aya Stark becomes the Wolfsbane mutant you know, in direct correlation with the, the you know, the signature of the wolf from Game of Thrones. I, I, find, I find that not very coincidental, but whatever, it is what it is. You know, maybe, maybe she wanted to play that role so well because of her connection to Game of Thrones, whatever. Anyway, you see her, the main character, go to each character, all the other ones, and she connects with one of them mostly... But the others, you really don't 
get yourself attached to because you don't care. There's not enough character in depth where it makes you give a shit about them. They're all playing the same cliche characters that you see time and time again in every horror film or in every film in general, whether it's drama or, you know, uh, I wouldn't say so much comedy, but more in anything. You got your lead, you got the significant other or the love interest, you have the asshole bully, you got the jock, and you got the other guy that's more of a sidekick in the background. At least that's what he felt like to me. This movie, and I know I'm being vague on this, but I'm, I'm trying to not spoil anything because if you're super interested to see it, even though I'm, I, it feels like I'm about to shit on this film, if you're super interested in seeing it, it's completely up to you. It's your discretion. This movie disappointed me in many ways because it was hyped up to be something, maybe not extraordinary, but something amazing. Especially since it is one of the last few films under the Fox umbrella before they were bought out by Disney. From the first half, you could see that there was a lot of studio interference. From the first half of the film, there were scenes that were very choppy and scenes that did not follow through very well enough. And you saw that there were some cuts and some edits that were, you know, it just transitioned from one into another. Some of the character motivations in terms of what they did did not make any sense. You know, there's, there's a scene where a character is about to commit suicide but there was no indication that she was suicidal even before then. And it's like, okay, you serious? Really? Like, this is this is what we're doing? And I'm just thinking to myself, okay, this feels like it has studio interference all over this place. It, it really does. For a movie to get postponed for so much, you would think to yourself, okay... What exactly did they do to reshoot some of these scenes? What exactly did they do uh, behind the scenes that made us get the final product in the theater or, you know, whichever the case, however we're seeing this? And in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, there's got to be something. And it turns out, well, rumors, it turns out that there was nothing being done. There were no reshoots, that they did not reshoot anything. It was the final product. We got what we got. I find that extremely hard to believe, especially with the with the movie, the so-called movie that we were supposed to get. I think Screen Rant wrote an article the other day that there were, you know, a lot of producers or executive producers that was so pissed off on how the movie came to be that they were willing to reshoot the entire thing. And it's like, really? You're thinking about that now? Now of all times? What what exactly did you think while you were shooting the thing? What did you, what did you think while your editor was editing the entire film? What was going to happen where you delayed this movie four times? One of them being COVID. So again, it's like, what was the excuse? What was the excuse for, for you to give us something like this? When you hyped up a movie, literally in like 2017, you hyped this up to be something new, something amazing, something epic, something horrifying. And then we just got this. It's not really a comic book movie. It didn't feel like one until the ending, the third act. And it did not even deliver in the horror aspect of it. 
there comes a time whenever we create something, whether it's a project, a film, you know, or, or entrepreneurship or, you know, anything like anything that you create out of nothing is art. At least, you know, Chris Jericho said this, so I believe this as well. Now, we have to talk about what it means to have a great concept and a great execution. You can have a fantastic concept. You can have an idea that transcends the world. You can have a moment where you could think to yourself, oh my God, this is probably the best thing since sliced bread. You can have an amazing concept. In fact, most concepts are now either being repeated over and over or it's at the point where if it's something new or organic, you just want to jump on it right away. And it's great. It's great to have fantastic concepts like that. But if you don't have the execution, if you don't stick the landing, if you don't give us or your audience, us, the final product in terms of what you're doing, then the concept is pretty much null and void. And the concept of mutants in the X-Men world, in the X-Men universe, that are that are horrified by something that they either fear or something that is in the the facility where it makes you feel claustrophobic and it makes you feel you know that you're part of this character that, that that you are this character that you're part of this group and, and and it makes you feel that you know that you're trapped and it makes you feel that that you want to root for these characters to somehow succeed and throughout more than halfway you kind of already knew what to expect you knew what was going to happen it's very predictable. You know what each character is going to do. You really don't give a shit about the others in a, in a particular way. And all of a sudden, it's all for naught. Now, I will say this before we finish this up to a close, because I know I'm going on and on about this. I will say this. Is this movie worse than Dark Phoenix? No, not even close. Despite the fact that it did, as I said, it did feel like a comic book ending towards, you know, towards the third act. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that aspect. The first half was boring as shit. But halfway in the second and all the way to the third, it picked up and it picked up very good. So no, this movie was not worse than Dark Phoenix. This movie is not like X-Men Origins. This movie is not like... It wasn't as... It's it's near neck and neck with X-Men Apocalypse. And that's a very low bar. But is it low enough where it's X-Men Dark Phoenix? No. Not even close. So, you know, again, I enjoyed some aspects of it. I guess, in my mind, I was just disappointed because I, along with so many people, our hype level was so high and it was so driven that all of a sudden it just, it was just flat. Is this the movie or is this the type of movie that I would want to see again? Most likely 99% chance says no, unless I'm bored or unless my girlfriend wants to see it too with me. Unless I, it's one of those things, I probably will not watch this movie again. And that... I feel sad for saying that because as I said earlier, this is one of Fox's last few X-Men films before they were bought off by Disney. Because it was made in 2017, which means Logan in Logan and Dark Phoenix. It was this movie, Logan and Dark Phoenix were the last of the Fox X-Men films. And only one out of those three was extremely good. 
in this case, Logan. So, if I have to give a grading on this, if I have to give an, an actual number grading on this, I would give it maybe a 7 out of 10. I'm highly debating about dropping it to a 6.5. As I said, it had good moments. There were some fun scenes. I, I enjoyed Lockheed. I will say this. The puppet Lockheed, I loved him. I really did. For those of you who don't know who Lockheed is, again, I don't want to spoil it. I love fucking Lockheed towards the ending of the film. It, it, it reminded me of Spiral the Dragon. If you see the movie, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. 6.5, close to a 7 out of 10. And I'm being generous about me giving it a 6.5. I'm being fucking generous. You know? If you watch it, kudos. I hope you have fun with it. Maybe you'll love it way more than I do. That's that's just my two cents. The New Mutants. I really hope a lot of studios in the future take notice in terms of how this movie or how movies in, in the future should be. Just trust your directors. That's all I got to say about that. I know I rambled on and on about the New Mutants, and I do apologize for that. But before we end this night off, I do want to say some words about Shadwick Boseman. I remembered me and my friend, my best friend, my brother from another mother. We went to go see Black Panther. And I remembered I was in awe in terms of what I was seeing. It was a movie that strongly represented black culture, African-American culture, in a very unique perspective. In the fact that everyone was either a warrior or they were, you know, like a general, you know, some, some form of higher power. You know, because it is in a city in Africa where everything is technologically advanced and you know it, it, they they were they were pretty much so above everyone else it's it, it was fucking insane and it's a concept of the film that you know you can shy away from yourself from the world for so long but while other people out there in the world are suffering if you have the tools to go and help them why don't you and you saw both sides in terms of how it was represented in this film and you know, King T'Challa, he said it best, that we will unite as one. And, you know, from the action and the comedy and the, you know, the brilliant performance of Chadwick Boseman and, you know, Danai Gurira and, you know, Letitia Wright. I'm sorry if I, if I mispronounced that name. You know, and so many people that was a part of this film. It's, you know, Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger. Jesus, man. it Phenomenal cast. Everyone had great chemistry. You know, was the film overhyped? Absolutely. But it didn't really stop anyone from going and watching the film. And when everyone finished watching this movie, and I started to pay attention. I started to pay attention to the, the interviews... I started to pay attention to the Oscar nominations and the, you know, the, 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 the award ceremonies and people that were on Jimmy Fallon and, you know, Jimmy Kimmel. And, and there was a moment where 
you know, these people that have been greatly been affected by this movie so much that they would talk to a, a, a picture of, you know, Chadwick Boseman in full Black Panther costume. And then Chadwick Boseman would, you know, peek behind the curtain and, and, and he would give them a hug and, and he would say, you know, thank you so much for supporting us and thank you so much for supporting this. And, you know, he would make jokes and he would laugh and he would smile. And it's like, fuck, man, this, this guy, this guy is something else. This guy is a dime a dozen. Holy shit. And, you know, like, it, it, it's, it's one of those moments where you can't help but feel inspired with, you know, when he speaks, when he speaks about certain issues that goes on around the world, and when he speaks about family, when he speaks about friends, when he speaks about, you know, people coming together, and when he speaks about, you know, the racial inequalities that's been going on around the world, it's been going on for so long, when he speaks about all of that stuff and, and, and the one thing that can bring us together is love and hope and moving forward and, you know, putting the differences aside and we all bleed the same blood and, and, and it sucks, man. It, it really does because he was taken away from us at, a, at, a, at an early time, at an early age. At a time where we probably need him more than any than anybody else right now. It's 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 sad, man. It really is. And you know, when we when we watched the movie and we saw it, and then I thought to myself, okay, I gotta see more of this guy. Like I really do. I, I gotta see more. So, you know, like, I know he's been in other films, and me being a comic book guy, I only paid attention to the comic book stuff that he was in with Endgame and, you know, Civil War and, you know, Infinity War and, and everything else that he was a part of, his own movie. Like, it enabled me to look at someone and think to myself, if he can do this, and there are other people that follows the same pattern... In terms of doing something that could inspire us to new heights. Like, you know you know the old saying, the sky is a limit? Well, he's proven the sky is not any limit. It has no limits whatsoever. He's proven that. I mean, hell, there were so many articles that I've read about him on the fact that he, whenever he would take a role for a particular film, he would never ever, or at least try to stay away from stereotypical roles for African Americans. And you know what these stereotypical roles are. You know, the 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 gang member or the drug dealer or the crackhead or the person that goes to jail or, you know, someone getting shot or someone getting killed so easily or, you know, those old cliched jokes or the black man has to die first. You know, it, it's bullshit. Like, it really is. And me, not even being African American, but I can understand it. That, that doesn't matter. That should not matter. I look at this guy and I look at the people that he that he greatly affected in everything that he does. I mean, hell, he was suffering with this sickness for four years. And he was suffering silently. No one knew except his own family. And there were some pictures where people are like, oh, uh, he looks sick or he's losing weight for a role. No, motherfuckers, he was fucking dying. And this reminds me so much of Robin Williams where, 
you know, growing up and, and, and you hear and you see on so many people that are really, really happy and, and they really put a smile on other people's faces with their positive energy and their positivity and they're just so full of life and wonder and, 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 and so much, you know, in awe. And yet there could be something going on behind them that they're suffering, that they're suffering internally and they're suffering from depression or, you know, in this case, a, a sickness. It just goes to show that we, every single one of us, every person, no matter how good, no matter how great, how wondrous people can be, good or bad, I'm not saying bad people are wondrous, but good or bad, we all have our own demons to face. And he fought every fucking day for four years. He has fought. And that still didn't stop him from doing his job. That still didn't stop him from visiting the the, the little kids that are, you know, cancer patients of themselves or, or, or sick with any other disease, lupus or you name it. That still didn't stop him from doing what is right. That's the kind of man he was, man. And of course I'm a fan. I never knew him personally. I can only make judgments and not judgments, but I can only make you know, speculations and conclusions based on what I saw. And what I saw from those interviews, from the award ceremonies, from his movies, from his actions, and how other people talk about him, I saw someone that was a true hero. You know, a, a hero that you know, it's, and it's not, and I'm not saying the same as you know, the police officers and the firefighters and the nurses and everyone else that is that is around us right now that are saving people's lives. But what I'm saying is, he's a hero that inspires. He's a hero that inspires every single person that looks up to him, that looks at what he's done. And you can't take that away from him, man. You just can't. I'm going to miss him. I, I know I say this all the time. I never knew him personally, but I'm going to miss him. I miss Robin Williams. I miss Stan Lee. He's up there with Stan Lee right now. And I'm pretty sure Stan Lee would come to him. I can't do a Stan Lee impression, but I'm sure Stan Lee would come to him and be like, You did good, kid. It's time to rest. It's time to rest. <sighs> After this happened, I kept thinking to myself, okay. What other work can I watch him uh, uh, do? And and I and I believe he made one more film that is supposed to be debuting on Netflix very soon. I believe it's sometime in October or November, something along those lines. It's it, it'll be happening soon. And uh, I I I wanted to do some research, and I wanted to look up in terms of 
what you know what what other stuff has he done? So, thankfully, through the powers of of Twitter, you know, uh, where to stream Chadwick's per uh uh. I'm sorry, I keep on mispronouncing the name. I feel so bad for doing that. Where to stream Chadwick Boseman's performances? You know, in Netflix, you got The Five Bloods, Message from the King, Disney Plus, obviously the Marvel movies. On Hulu, you got Lincoln Heights. You got SNL Season 43, Episode 17. Lie to Me, Season 2, Episode 2. Justified, Season 2, Episode 2. On HBO Max, you got Get On Up. You know, The the Shop, Uninterrupted, Season 3, Episode 1, 21 Bridges. And every single one of these roles, he's either playing uh, an athlete, he's playing a lawyer, he's playing, um, I think, some kind of a, 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 a priest or something like that. I, and I'm, I'm just guessing on that one. He plays a king. Damn good one. The great one. <laughs> Chadwick Boseman. King T'Challa. The Black Panther. You are, were, and always will be one of the great ones. And I thank you for inspiring me for inspiring so many people around the world, white or black, Hispanic, Mexican, Chinese, Russian, Honduran, whoever, anybody. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for coming into our lives. And it sucks that you had to leave this way. Thank you. May you rest in eternal power. You will be missed, never forgotten. Wakanda forever. That's all we have on today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast. I'm I do apologize that I had to, you know, be as emotional as I did, but I did warn you it was going to be emotional. Before I leave this off, I'm going to give you a Black Panther quote. This is from the Civil War himself. In my culture, death is not the end. It's more of a stepping off point. You reach out with both hands and Bass and Sekhmet. They lead you into the green veld where you can run forever. I have no reaction to that. I'm just going to leave it how it is. Tune in Thursday night where I will come back and we will talk more comic book news and stuff. And stay safe. Till next time, I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.